0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. We start the class with a confession for many reasons. One is that the Lord is the apostle and high priest of our confession, he works with what we say. And uh, if you don't believe it enough to declare it, you don't believe it enough. Uh, faith without an action gets no results. It's dead. And whatever you confess the Lord to be to you and to do for you, he has every right to do that. So uh, uh, we we kick off every class starting that. And Jesus said man doesn't live by every uh, by by bread alone rather, but by every word that comes and proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so just like your body needs to be fed or else you'll get weak uh, and eventually starve if you had nothing, but the spirit needs to be fed. And you don't believe God with your body. You believe God with the inner man, with your heart, and it needs to be fed. And even though you might have been You know, uh, feeling really weak or discouraged or depressed, those are all indicators of a weak spirit. And when your spirit's strong, things, problems just don't look as big because you got your eyes on God and He's bigger. Than all the problems. So uh, say it out loud. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord for, building up, for building me up. Making me strong. Making me strong inside. inside. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. With, strength, with strength. By your spirit. By your spirit in, my inner man, in my inner man. And make me strong. Make me strong to, overcome. to overcome. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you Lord. When you pray His word, you know it's as well, <laughs> right, to answer His own words. Go with me in the scriptures to uh, Hebrews, the third chapter. We've been on a series for a while now that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And we have found that unbelief is about the worst thing that could happen to you. Anything else, God can fix. But unbelief gets in the way of God. And unbelief is, uh, is actually a thief. We, we saw that these uh, first generation of Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage, they were robbed of the plan of God for their life. They were robbed of Canaan's land because of their unbelief. And the scripture cautions us in the New Testament, here in Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 4, 1 Corinthians 10, other places, warns us that the same thing could happen to us if we let it. But by the grace of God, we're not going to let it. What what do you say? So uh, Hebrews 3 and 7, he said, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 19 says, So we, we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief kept them out. And one thing that some have been confused about, you'll hear sometimes people say, Well, I'm sorry, I just can't believe that. I, just, I can't believe that. That's an untrue statement by reason of the nature of what faith is. You can believe anything, anything you choose to believe. All you got to do is look around. People are believing bizarre stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> stuff with no evidence, no proof, you know. Uh, so, so what does that reveal? Believing is a choice. It's a decision. You, when you hear something, then you choose to believe it or you choose not to believe it. It's a choice upon uh, hearing something or becoming aware of it at that moment. And the choice to believe or not believe uh, is the result of your analysis of the source of what you've heard. Do you trust it or not? Or even if it's not so much an issue of trust, but you just you're not sure they got their information right. Maybe they're a good person, but you don't trust their how they came to that conclusion. And so, with human beings, you should not be quick to trust. Are y'all listening, class? Sometimes people have thought because we're Christians and we're supposed to love people that that means you're supposed to trust everybody. Absolutely not. No, love and trust are not the same things. You can love people and not trust them at all. Huh? That's right. And if somebody's lying to you, you'd be foolish to trust them. Say, well, you know, I, uh, I, need, I need to trust them. Why do you need to trust them? No, no, that's not, the, that's not true. You want to be slow to trust people, especially strangers, you don't know them, right? So you got no reason to trust them. And if somebody's pressuring you and you're using that phrase, trust me. <laughs> trust me. Immediately you should think, why? Right? Why? What reason do I have to trust you? You know, because I told you to, right? Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> no. If they're having to try to convince you, something's already wrong. But there is one. You can trust completely, immediately, before you understand what he said, right? When God starts to tell you a sentence and he's spoken the first word, you can go ahead and start believing him. Is that right? Before you even know why, because he's God, because it is impossible for him to lie. Never has Never will. And that's what makes him, one of the big things that makes him so trustworthy. If he ever lied one time to anybody, there would always be that, well, it's possible that he's not telling me straight. But he never has. He never will. Impossible. For God to lie, somebody say, thank you, "Thank you, Lord. What does that mean? That means you can trust everything He says. Amen. Everything Amen. that comes out of His mouth is absolutely true. You can build your life on him. You can't say that about anybody else. Nobody else can you say that about. Thank God, for God. Yeah. Who else you going to thank? Right? (laughs) Well, go with me, if you would, over to Numbers, the 20th chapter. We've been uh, in this study we're calling Overcoming Unbelief, on it for a number of weeks now. And if you're just joining us for the first time, I recommend that you go online, faithschool.org. And look up the series Overcoming Unbelief and you'll see going back numerous lessons. You can start at the beginning and work your way up to, to where we are now. And uh, we're building on what has gone before. And since the scripture told us in Hebrews and 1 Corinthians and other places that we are to learn from these examples. And we're to be cautioned not to repeat the mistakes that they, they made. How are you going to do that and you don't even know what happened? You don't even know what they did or, or what went wrong. And so we have gone back now and there are some 15 major events uh, with the folks that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage where they made the wrong choice and where they, they doubted instead of trusted. Uh, 15 of those. 10 leading up to when they sent the spies into uh, the promised land. And then they cried and said, we can't do it. And, and the Lord said, you're going to get what you've been saying, which is we're all going to die in the wilderness. And then five other times after that where they had opportunities, but they kept sliding back into the same thing. And so even though it was God's will for them to go into the promised land and to enjoy it, It never happened for them. And that's something a lot of the church world is still confused about. You'll hear people saying, well, God's in control. God is in complete control. I mean, millions of church-going people, that's one of their mantras. God is in control. But that's not what this book reveals. It It doesn't say that God is controlling everything. That everybody does. And if you really have a free will, you can choose not to listen to God. You can choose to disobey God. Well, if you disobey God, you're going to get different results than if you had obeyed God. And if you disobeyed God, the results you got, how is that the will of God without saying the disobedience was the will of God that brought it to pass? No, it's simply not true. We have a free will, and it was God's will for these folks to go into the promised land. He didn't change his will didn't change, but they were robbed of God's plan for their life and of the blessings that He had prepared for them, robbed, and God's will was not done in their life. so you've got a lot of people that say, "Well, if it happened, it must have been the will of God, no. There are a, lot, a number of false religions, other, uh, different from Christianity, they believe God, everything that happens is God. We should not believe that. We should believe the Bible, right? Amen. That we actually have a free will. Thank God we do, but anytime uh, a being has a complete choice and free will, you, they can make the wrong choice which is what human beings have done. And that's what they did over and over and over. Remember, we just got through reading in Hebrews. He said, they, uh, they always err. <laughs> They've always go the wrong way. And they haven't known my ways, God said. They, and it wasn't because they couldn't. They just chose not to. And you and I are living in a world where millions and millions are choosing not to know God. They are choosing to believe He doesn't even exist, and they're choosing to, if they do hear something of His, discount it, reject it, and He lets that happen. He allows it because it's all going to be over soon. But are you glad that by His grace you've been able to make the right choice and believe in Him? And trust him. Well, that's not just how you get saved. It's how you live. The just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by What do you mean? Every day, every morning, every noon, every night, every decision, everything that comes up, we are to respond in faith. Trusting God. Every time something happened, there was some challenge. They, they didn't have water. Uh, Pharaoh and his army is after them. They don't have enough food. Uh, every time something came up, it was an opportunity to show that you trust God. But instead of that, they showed they didn't trust God. Do we have challenges in our life? Yes, Are there opportunities? Yes, Said out loud. Every challenge, every in, challenge my life in my life is another opportunity, is another opportunity for me, For me to demonstrate my faith in God, my, faith in God. my, trust, my trust in my God. In my God. Today, there will be opportunities, things small, things big, that there will be some kind of a challenge, something that needs to happen, something you don't have, whatever, you have to deal with it, and you can throw up your hands and go, I just can't handle it anymore. There's just no way. Why is this happening to me? You can cry. You can be depressed, feel sorry for yourself. That's the wrong choice. Huh? I'm just giving you a hint. Right? (laughs) Help your neighbor say wrong choice. Wrong wrong choice. Because when you get through crying and feeling sorry for yourself and miserable, how will things be then? Whoever cried their way into victory (laughs) (laughs) felt sorry until total victory emerged. No, no. It's going to be just as bad or worse when you get through crying and wallowing in self-pity than before. If you care about the situation, if you want it to change, you've got to do something that God can work with. And if you want a different outcome than most people are getting, you got to do something different than what they're doing. Is that right? That's right. So, no laying around, pity party for me. Amen. How about you? Huh? Say it out loud. No, no. laying around, laying around. Crying, crying, feeling sorry for myself. Sorry for myself. Not, me. Not me. Not me. The Bible says, be strong yes. in the Lord yes. and in the power of His might, and He's made us overcomers, more than conquerors through the greater one inside of us. So uh, at every challenge, it's just another opportunity to demonstrate faith, or you can demonstrate doubt. You can demonstrate unbelief. And uh, sadly, that's what they did, not once, not twice, not nine times 15 major episodes recorded in Exodus and Numbers here where they just went the wrong way every time. It is a choice. Let's look here at number 13, chapter 20 of Numbers. This is the 13th event that we've been studying. In chapter 20, verse 1, it says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation to the desert of Zin, in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now, Miriam, you remember, was uh, Moses' sister. Uh, in previous classes, we talked about this a little bit. You know, when Moses was a baby, it was illegal in Egypt for an Israeli family to keep a, a baby boy. They had to throw them away. Is that, is that horrific? Or, and um, so, um, and you know, uh, fast forward to when Jesus was born, you know, uh, Herod sent and killed all the firstborn throughout the land. Why, how could something come to that? The devil was trying to kill the Messiah mm-hmm. and he just killed all of them mm-hmm. to try to accomplish that and didn't get it done. But that's how evil the enemy is. But so instead of just throw the baby in the river, they made him a little basket, you know, and put him in there. And here he goes floating down the river. And uh, his sister, Miriam, is, is running along the, uh, or walking along the uh, shore of the, the river. And that's when the Egyptian princess came out and found him And so then his sister Miriam, I guess a young girl, she pops up and goes, Hey, do you need me to try to find you a nursing mother for that baby? (laughs) Just happened to know one. (laughs) His mom. (laughs) And um, anyway, uh, after that, she and their brother Aaron, those three have been together through all of these travels and coming out of Egypt and through all these episodes And so now she has come to the end of her earth life, and she left here. And before the chapter's over, Aaron, Moses' brother, is dying too. And the reason I talk about it is because uh, Moses in this chapter uh, has a failure. And I think it helps to see, kind of put in context, everything that was going on. Because at the same time, he's dealing with all these pressures. He also, his sister goes home. And a little bit later than that, his brother goes home. And, and um, all of us have emotions. All of us have feelings. I remember um, years ago, my grandfather asked me to uh, speak his funeral message when he died. And I said, okay. And of course, this this was a number of years ago, and I was much younger and myself. And he did; he went home. And so then I came from out of town back into town, and and uh, everything was fine. And I had uh, I'd done funerals before, and and um, I thought, well, this is this is going to be okay. And and I stepped up on the um, uh, step step on the platform to start speaking, and my knee almost buckled, mm-hmm. and I just felt in my heart, uh, him leaving. And um, I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't expecting that, you know. But I was real close to my granddad. And we had all kind of great times, you know, back through my childhood. Uh, I I shed a few tears, but the Lord strengthened me and kind of caught another gear. And we were able to do it. I'm just saying it surprised me. I wasn't expecting it. But regardless of, you know, you walk with the Lord, and even if you have faith, even if you're strong, you still got feelings, mm-hmm. right? you still got emotions. And even if you know that somebody's saved and you know they have gone to be with the Lord, still you can miss them in your heart. And when it, you realize, well, I'm not going to see them again here in this life. And wh- when that happens, again, you got a choice. Do I feel sorry for myself, <laughs> right, because I miss them, I won't have them? Or do I remind myself, where are they? What's going on with them, right? You know, Jesus said when he told the disciples he was departing and going to be with the Father. Man, they got upset. Remember, Peter said, no, Lord, I'm going with you. And now I said, uh-huh, we're going with you. They're like, no, no, you can't leave us And uh, finally, at one point, he said, listen, he said, "Uh, um, if you loved me, you'd rejoice. Because I said, I'm going to be with my father who's greater than me. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that phrase? If you loved me, you'd rejoice. If you only think about yourself, you cry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can you see that? And all of us need to remind ourselves of that. Uh, when, when somebody, we, we have confidence that they're saved, they're born again, and they went to be with the Lord, the Bible said to depart and be with Christ is far better than being here. If we care about them, yeah. right? Even if we shed a tear, we're going to wipe it and go, yeah, but man, they're having fun, Amen. right? They are in great shape, and meditating on that keeps you out of depression. But uh, Miriam, it says, died was buried there. And verse 2 says there was no water for the congregation. This is a challenge. Tell me about a challenge. A challenge, every challenge, is what? Another opportunity to do what? For me, for you, to demonstrate we trust God. Right? Amen. You don't have to understand everything that's going on. You don't have to have a clue how God's going to meet your need or how you're going to get out of this, but you do have to make a choice. I trust God, right? I'm not going to despair. I'm not going to be hopeless. I trust God. So they needed water. Now, if you've been with us in our study, uh, they needed water before. I mean, this is the desert, right? So it's not unusual. And they've needed food and they've needed protection and, and thing after thing, has God been there for them? Yes. Yes. Have we seen him come through? Yeah. I mean manna out of the sky. Is that right? Water out of the rock. Quail flown in. I mean amazing, amazing things. So when this happens, this is not the first time they've needed water or they've needed something. Does God begin to expect after he's taken care of you over and over, when something comes up that you respond and go, well He's, he's took care of us before, right? Yes. right? We know He can do it, and we just believe He'll do it again, right? Yes. Is that what they did here? No. Well, keep reading. They gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Not a good move. And they chode with Moses. That means they, they strove with him arguing and fighting against him, saying, Would God we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord to this wilderness that we and our cattle should die here? So how'd they do? Mm. (laughs) No, bad. It was an opportunity to demonstrate faith. What'd they demonstrate? Hopelessness. Hopelessness. Is that right? Disrespect. Blaming. Can you see how quick they were to blame? They blame Moses. Blame Aaron. Why did you take us out of Egypt? You brought us out here to kill us. And we got no water. The truth was, if they had listened to God, they'd already be in the promised land. And it's Moses' fault. It's Aaron's fault. They didn't do what Moses told them to do. Can you see how dishonest unbelief is? How dishonest, say it. say it out loud, by the grace of God, by the grace of God I, refuse I refuse to be dishonest, to be dishonest and, blame for and blame others for my mistakes. For my mistakes. I, will I will acknowledge, and acknowledge my mistakes, and, my mistakes and, take and take responsibility for my own decisions, for my own decisions and, trust God and trust God for mercy, for mercy and grace. And grace. And help. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you'll do that, you'll get it. If you do this, you won't get help. God resists the proud. And this is a manifestation of pride and fear. Not admitting your mistake and blaming somebody else, that's dishonest and it's proud. And then just, you know, going spastic and saying, We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Well, you didn't die the last 15 times. You were in a bind. God brought you through. Why just throw up your hands instantly, immediately, not even try to believe God? That's what grieved the Lord. That's what irritated him because he knew they could do so much better if they just would even try. Well, what are we learning? Don't do that. Is that right? (laughs) Right? Everybody say, by the grace of God, I won't. Well, our time's up again today. Let's say like we do sometimes, I live by faith, I walk by faith, I overcome the world by faith, I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Well. Come back next time, and we'll go further and further in faith. I've got victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School, free of charge, at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website. Or call us at 941-702-7390.